0: chapter six part one of commentary on the gospel of john book three by cyril of alexandria translated by rev philip edward pusey this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six of the manna that it was a type of christ's presence and of the spiritual graces through him thirty two jesus therefore said unto them verily verily i say unto you not moses hath given you the bread from heaven now too does the saviour most severely convict them of being without understanding and exceedingly ignorant of what is in the mosaic writings for they ought to have known quite clearly that moses was ministering the things of god to the people and again those of the children of israel to god And was himself the worker in none of the miracles, but a minister rather and under-worker of those things which the giver to them of all good things willed to do for the benefit of those who had been called out of bondage. What they then were impiously imagining, this Christ very resolutely cuts away. For to attribute things which befit and are due to the divine nature alone, to the honour of men, and not rather to it, how is not this replete with folly alike and impiety and in that he deprived the hierophant moses of the miracle and withdrew it out of his hand it is i suppose manifest that he rather attributes the glory of it to himself together with the father even though he abstained from speaking more openly by reason of the uninstructedness of his hearers For it was a thing truly not contrary to expectation that they should rage, as though Moses were insulted by such words, and should be kindled unto intemperate anger, never inquiring what the truth was, nor recognizing the dignity of the speaker, but heedlessly going about to only honor Moses, and not reasonably as it happened, when he was compared with what excelled him. Let us learn, then, with more judgment and reason, to practice respect towards our Holy Fathers, and to render, as it is written, Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, for we shall in no wise injure if we render what fittingly belongs to each, since the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. But when any discourse about our Saviour Christ is entered into, then we must needs say, who in the clouds can be equalled unto the Lord? Or who among the sons of the mighty shall be likened unto the Lord? 33. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. It was needful not only to remove Moses from God befitting authority, according to their conception and to show that he was a minister of that miraculous working rather than the bestower of it but also to lessen the wonder though miraculously wrought and to show that it was nothing at all in comparison with the greater for imagine christ calling out something like this the great things sirs do ye reckon among the little and meanest and the beneficence of the lord of all ye have meted out with most petty limits for with no slight folly do ye suppose that the manna is the bread from heaven although it fed the race alone of the jews in the wilderness while there are other nations besides without number throughout the world and ye suppose that god will to show forth loving kindness so contracted as to give food to one people only for these were types of universalities, and in the partial was a setting forth of his general munificence, as it were in pledge to those who first received it. But when the time of the truth was at our doors, my Father giveth you the bread from heaven, which was shadowed forth to them of old in the gift of the manna. For let no one think, saith he, that that was in truth the bread from heaven but rather let him give his judgment in favour of that which is clearly able to feed the whole earth and to give in full life unto the world he accuses therefore the jew of cleaving to the typical observances and refusing to examine into the beauty of the truth for not was that properly speaking the manna but the only begotten word of god himself who proceedeth from the essence of the father since he is by nature life and quickeneth all things for since he sprang of the living father he also is by nature life and since the work of that which is by nature life is to quicken christ quickeneth all things for, as our earthly bread, which is gotten of the earth, suffereth not the frail nature of flesh to waste away, so he too, through the operation of the spirit, quickeneth our spirit, and not only so but also holdeth together our very body unto incorruption. but since our mediations have once got upon the subject of manna, it will not be amiss, I think. For us to consider and say some little on it also bringing forward out of the mosaic books themselves severally the things written thereon for thus having made the statement of the matter most clear we shall rightly discern each of the things signified therein but we will show through them all that the very manna is christ himself understood as given under the type of manna to them of old by god the father The beginning of the oracles thereon speaks on this wise. On the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the children of Israel were murmuring against Moses and Aaron, and the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died, stricken by the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and were eating bread to the full, for ye have brought us forth into this wilderness, to kill this whole assembly with hunger. The matter, then, of the history is clear and very plain, and I do not think it needs any words to test the obvious meaning, but we will speak of it, looking only to the spiritual meaning. The children of Israel, then, while still in the country of the Egyptians, by divine command were keeping typically their feast to Christ and having taken their supper of the lamb did thus hardly escape the tyranny of pharaoh's rule and shake off the intolerable yoke of bondage then having miraculously crossed the red sea they got into the wilderness and there famishing craved flesh to eat and were dragged down to the accustomed desire for food and so they began murmuring against moses and fall into repenting of their free gift from God, when they ought to have given no small thanks for it. Egypt, then, will be darkness, and will signify the condition of the present life, and the worldly state, wherein we enrolled, as in some state, serve a bitter serfdom therein, working nothing at all to Godward, but fulfilling only the works most delightsome to the devil, and hasting down unto the pleasure of impure flesh like clay or stinking mud enduring a miserable toil unpaid profitless and pursuing a wretched so to say love of pleasure but when the law of god speaks to our soul and we behold at length the bitter bondage of these things then oh then do we thirsting after riddance from all evil come to christ himself as to the beginning and door of freedom and provisioned with the security and grace that come through his precious blood we leave the carnal condition of this life as it were a troublous and stormy sea and out of all the tumult of the world we at length reach a more spiritual and purer state as it were sojourning in the wilderness but since he is not unexercised unto virtue who is through the law instructed thereunto when we find that we are at length in this case then we falling into temptations which try us are sometimes devoured by the memory of carnal lust and then when the lust inflames us mightily we cry oftentimes out of recklessness albeit the divine law hath called us to liberty being as it were in hunger for our old accustomed pleasures, and making slight account of our toils after temperance, we look upon the bondage of the world as no longer evil. And in truth, the will of the flesh is sufficient to draw the mind to all faint-heartedness after goodness. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I rain you bread from heaven. IN THESE WORDS YOU MAY VERY CLEARLY SEE THAT WHICH IS SUNG IN THE PSALMS. HE GAVE THEM BREAD OF HEAVEN, MAN DID EAT ANGELS BREAD. BUT IT IS, I SUPPOSE, EVIDENT TO ALL, THAT OF THE REASONABLE POWERS IN HEAVEN, NONE OTHER IS THE BREAD AND FOOD, SAVE THE ONLY BEGOTTEN OF GOD THE FATHER. HE THEN IS THE TRUE MANNA, THE BREAD FROM HEAVEN, given to the whole rational creation by god the father but entering into the order of our subject we say this observe how the divine grace from above draws unto itself the nature of man even though at times sick after its wonted things and saves it in manifold wise for the lust of the flesh like a stone falling on the mind thrust it down and despotically forces it unto its own will. But Christ brings us round again, as with a bridle, unto longing for better things, and recovers them that are diseased unto God-loving habit of mind. For lo, lo to them that are sinking down into carnal pleasures, he promises to give food from heaven, the consolation, that is, through the spirit, the spiritual manna, Through this are we strengthened unto all endurance and manliness, and obtain that we fall not, through infirmity, into those things we ought not. The spiritual manna, therefore, that is, Christ, was strengthening us before too unto piety. But since we have once, by reason of need, digressed, I think it well not to leave the subject uninvestigated, since it is very conducive to our profit some one then may reasonably ask why is god who is so loving to man and so loveth virtue when it behoved him to forecome their request tardy in respect of his promise and he nowise punishes those so perverse men albeit he punished them afterwards when they were sick with the same lusting and pictured to themselves bread to the full and flesh-pots and admitted longing for the rankest onions for we shall find in numbers that both certain were punished and the place wherein they were then encamping was called the graves of lust for there they buried the people that lusted with respect then to the first question we say that it assuredly behoved him to wait for the desire and so at length to reveal himself in due season the giver for most welcome is the gift to those in good case where certain pleasures appear before it and precede it inciting to thirst after what is not yet come but the soul of man will be devoid of a more grateful sensation if it do not first stretch after and labor for the pleasures of being well off but perhaps you will say that there had been no way any entreaty from them but murmuring rather repentance and outcry for this would indeed be speaking more truly to this we say that entreaty through prayer will befit those who are of a perfect habit and perchance the murmuring of the more feeble from depression or whatever cause will partake of this and the saviour of all being loving to man is not altogether angry at it for as in those who are yet babes crying will sometimes avail to the asking of their needs, and the mother is often called by it to find out what will please the child. So too those who were yet babes, and had not yet advanced to understanding, the cry of weariness, so to say, has the force of petition before God. And he punished not in the beginning, even though he see them worsted by earthly lust, but after a time for this reason it seems to me they who were but newly come forth of egypt not having yet received the manna nor having the bread from heaven which strengtheneth man's heart fall as might be expected into carnal lust and therefore are pardoned but they who had already delighted in the lord as it is written on preferring carnal delights to the spiritual good things have to give most righteous satisfaction, and over and above their suffering have assigned them a notable memorial of their fate. For the graves of lust is the name of the place of their punishment. And the people shall go out and gather the day's portion each day. We will consider the sensible manna a type of the spiritual manna, and the spiritual manna signifies Christ himself but the sensible manna adumbrates the grosser teaching of the law with reason is the gathering daily and the lawgiver forbids keeping it till the morrow darkly hinting to them of old that when the time of salvation at length shines forth wherein the only begotten appeared in the world with flesh the legal types should be wholly abolished and the gathering food thence in vain while the truth itself lieth before us for our pleasure and enjoyment. And it shall come to pass on the sixth day, and they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be double what they gather. Observe again that thou mayest understand that he does not suffer them to gather on the seventh day the sensible manna, but commands that which is already provided and gathered to be prepared for their food beforehand for the seventh day signifies the time of the advent of our savior wherein we rest in holiness ceasing from works of sin and receiving for food both the fulfillment of our faith and the knowledge already arranged in us through the law no longer gathering it as of necessity since more excellent food is now before us and we have the bread from heaven the manna is collected in double measure before the holy sabbath and you will understand thence that the law being concluded in respect of its temporal close and the holy sabbath that is christ coming already beginning the getting of the heavenly goods will be after some sort in double measure, and the grace twofold, bringing in addition to the advantages from the law, the gospel instruction also, which the Lord himself too may be conceived to teach when he says, as in the form of a parable. Therefore every scribe instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a wealthy man, which putteth forth out of his treasure things new and old. THE OLD, THE THINGS OF THE LAW, THE NEW, THOSE THROUGH CHRIST. AND MOSES AND AARON SAID UNTO ALL THE CONGREGATION OF THE CHILDREN OF ISRAEL, AT EVEN YE SHALL KNOW THAT THE LORD BROUGHT YOU FORTH FROM THE LAND OF EGYPT. IN THE MORNING YE SHALL SEE THE GLORY OF THE LORD, IN THAT THE LORD GIVETH YOU IN THE EVENING FLESH TO EAT, AND IN THE MORNING BREAD TO THE FULL. Moses promises to them of Israel, that quails shall be given them by God in the evening, and declares that hereby they shall know surely that the Lord brought them up out of Egypt. And in the morning ye shall see plainly, he says, the glory of the Lord, when he shall give you bread to the full. And consider, I pray you, the difference between each of these. For the quail signifies the law, for the bird ever flies low and about the earth. Thus wilt thou see those too who are instructed through the law unto a more earthly piety through types, I mean such as relate to sacrifice and purifications and Jewish washing. For these are heaved a little above the earth, and seem to rise above it, but are nevertheless in it and about it. FOR NOT IN THE LAW IS THAT WHICH IS PERFECTLY GOOD AND LOFTY UNTO UNDERSTANDING. MOREOVER, IT IS GIVEN IN THE EVENING, THE ACCOUNT AGAIN BY EVENING SIGNIFYING THE OBSCURITY OF THE LETTER, OR THE DARKSOME CONDITION OF THE WORLD, WHEN IT HAD NOT YET THE VERY LIGHT, THAT IS TO SAY, CHRIST, WHO WHEN HE WAS INCARNATE SAID, I AM COME A LIGHT INTO THE WORLD, but he says the children of israel shall know that the lord brought them out of egypt for knowledge only of the salvation generally through christ is seen in the mosaic book while grace was not yet present in very person this very thing he hinted at when he added in the morning ye shall see the glory of the lord in that he giveth you bread to the full for when the mist of the law as it were night hath been dispersed and the spiritual sun hath risen upon us all we behold as in a glass the glory of the lord now present receiving the bread from heaven to the full i mean christ himself and it was evening and the quails came up and covered the camp and in the morning as the dew ceased round about the host and, behold, upon the face of the wilderness a small thing, as coriander-seed, white. Look at the arrangement of the things to be considered. He says of the quails that they covered the camp, of the manna again, that in the morning, when the dew was gone up, it lay on the face of the wilderness round about the camp. For the instruction through the law, I mean that in types and figures, which we have compared to the appearance of quails covers the synagogue of the jews for as paul saith the veil lieth upon their heart and hardness in part but when it was morning that is when christ had now risen and flashed forth upon all the world and when the dew was gone up that is the gross and mist-like introduction of legal ordinances FOR CHRIST IS THE END OF THE LAW AND THE PROPHETS. THEN OF A SURETY THE TRUE AND HEAVENLY MANNA WILL COME DOWN TO US, I MEAN THE GOSPEL TEACHING, NOT UPON THE CONGREGATION OF THE ISRAELITES, BUT ROUND ABOUT THE CAMP, THAT IS TO SAY, TO ALL THE NATIONS, AND UPON THE FACE OF THE WILDERNESS, THAT IS, THE CHURCH OF THE GENTILES whereof it is said that more are the children of the desolate than of the married wife for over the whole world is dispersed the grace of the spiritual manna which is also compared to the coriander seed and is called small for the power of the divine word being of a truth subtle and cooling the heat of the passions lulled the fire of carnal motions within us and entereth into the deep of the heart for they say that the effect of this herb, I mean the coriander, is most cooling. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, What is this? For they wist not what it was. Being unused to what had been miraculously wrought, and not being able to say from experience what it was, they say one to another, What is this? But this very thing which is said interrogatively, they make the name of the thing and call it in the syrian tongue manna that is to say what is this and you will hence see how christ would be unknown among the jews for that which prevailed in the type trials showed that it had also force in the truth and moses said to them let no man leave of it till the morning and they hearken not unto moses but some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was wroth with them. The morning in this place signifies the bright and most glorious time of the coming of our Saviour, when the shadow of the law and the mist of the devil among the nations, being in some sort undone, the only begotten rose upon us like light, and spiritual dawn appeared. The blessed Moses then commanded not to leave of the typical manna until the morning for when the aforementioned time hath risen upon us superfluous and utterly out of place are the shadows of the law by reason of the now present truth for that a thing truly useless is the righteousness of the law when christ hath now gleamed forth paul showed saying of him for whom i suffered the loss of all things to wit glorying in the law and do count them dung that i may win christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of jesus christ seest thou then how as a wise man he took care not to leave of it till the morning they who kept of it unto the morning are a type of the jewish multitude which should believe not whose eager desire to keep the law in the letter should be a producing of corruption and worms. For hearest thou how the lawgiver is exasperated greatly against them? And Moses said unto Aaron, Take one golden pot, and put therein manna, an omerful, and thou shalt lay it up before God to be kept. Well in truth may we marvel hereat, and say, o the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of god for incomprehensible in truth is the wisdom hidden in the god-inspired scriptures and deep their depth as it is written who can find it out thou seest then how our last comment fitted these things for since christ himself was shown to be our very manna declared in type by way of image to them of old Needs does he teach in this place, Of whom and of what virtue and glory will he be full, who treasureth up in himself the spiritual manna, and bringeth Jesus into the inmost recesses of his heart, through right faith in him and perfect love. For thou hearest how the omer full of manna was put in a golden pot, and by the hand of Aaron laid up before the Lord to be kept for the holy and truly pious soul which travaileth of the word of god perfectly in herself and receiveth entire the heavenly treasure will be a precious vessel like as of gold and will be offered by the high priest of all to god the father and will be brought into the presence of him who holdeth all things together and preserveth them to be kept not suffering to perish that which is of its own nature perishable the righteous man then is described as having in a golden vessel the spiritual manna that is christ attaining unto incorruption as in the sight of god and remaining to be kept that is unto long enduring and endless life christ with reason therefore convicts the jews of no slight madness in supposing that the manna was given by the all-wise moses to them of old and in staying at this point their discourse thereon and considering not one at all of the things presignified thereby by his saying verily i say unto you not moses hath given you the manna for they ought rather to have considered this and perceived that moses had brought in the service of mediation merely but that the gift was no invention of human hand but the work of divine grace outlining the spiritual in the grocer and signifying to us the bread from heaven which giveth life to the whole world and doth not feed the one race of israel as it were by preference end of chapter 6 part 1